Hello, everybody. It's May 1st, the first day of the month of May. We're entering our fifth month of our one-year Bible tour. Thank you for joining with us, and I think you're going to enjoy today's leg of the journey. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I'm delighted to be reading the scriptures aloud with you or to you, depending on your situation. And in the Old Testament today, we'll be reading about Samson, and in the New Testament, we will be traveling through some of my favorite terrain, the Gospel according to the Apostle John. At the end of the podcast, we will tell you how you can get written copies of the accompanying Bible commentary with illustrations sent as an email, and also how you can contact us with any of your questions or comments. But first, let's take a moment to pray that the Lord would open up our eyes, that we might behold wonderful things out of His Word. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this opportunity to come before You and Your Holy Word. Lord, we need You. We need your Holy Spirit to teach us, to instruct us, correct us, guide us, edify us, encourage us. Lord, you know the needs of every listener here today, and we pray that you would speak in a very personal way and reveal the glory of your Son, and we ask this in his name. Amen. So let's begin with Judges chapter 13, verse 1, the birth of Samson. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. There was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life? And what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please, let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, 
then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that when your words come true, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering, and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son, and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanadan, between Zorah and Eshtaol. Chapter 14 Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives, or among all our people, that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, Now let me put a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. And they said to him, Put your riddle, that we may hear it. And he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? And Samson's wife wept over him and said, You only hate me 
you do not love me. You have put a riddle to my people, and you have not told me what it is. And he said to her, Behold, I have not told my father nor my mother, and shall I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that their feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and struck down thirty men of the town and took their spoil and gave the garments to those who had told the riddle. In hot anger he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. This completes the reading of our Old Testament portion from the book of Judges. Judges chapter 13 begins with the seventh and final repetition of what is now a familiar phrase in the book of Judges. Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. Judges chapter 13, verse 1. This is the longest period of oppression recorded in the book of Judges. Samson's twenty-year reign would be during the years of Philistine rule. Judges chapter 15, verse 20. The Philistines disarmed the Jews in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 19 to 23. And the Jews were accustomed to being in bondage to the degree that they did not want Samson to disturb the status quo. Judges chapter 15, verses 9 to 13. There is no record that the Israelites cried out for deliverance during this period. Yet the very fact that the Son of God would visit the parents of Samson shows that there is an important link to the overarching story of God's redeeming work recorded in the Bible. We know that Samson did not deliver the Israelites from Philistine domination. The Son of God prophesied that Samson would begin a work that others would complete. He shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Judges chapter 13 verse 5 Israel would not be delivered from the hands of the Philistines until the time of David in 2 Samuel chapter 5 verses 17 to 25 and the deliverance of God's people from their greater bondage to sin and death would require the greater son of David Christ himself let's take a moment to think about Manoah's wife when i casually expressed my disappointment in not knowing the name of Manoah's wife my wife responded that if she had a son who behaved like Samson and would be discussed for centuries, she would prefer that people not know her name either. Rarely do we read of a man who had so much opportunity and power for doing good, make such poor choices, and come to such a tragic end. However, God would use Samson's weaknesses, his self-will, carnal appetites, his capacity to be easily seduced and manipulated by women, and his poor judgment to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. He would accomplish more by his death than he did in his lifetime. Once again, we see the difference between the two aspects of God's will, God's moral will of command and his permissive will, otherwise known as his sovereign will of decree. God, in his merciful permissive will, uses Samson's decisions that violate his revealed will of command in order to ultimately accomplish the deliverance he has decreed. Samson's life had a spectacular beginning. His birth was heralded by Christ himself. His mother was told by the angel of the Lord, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, that she who was barren would conceive a child. The angel of the Lord, 
whose name is Wonderful, beyond understanding, in Judges 13, verse 18, commanded that this child grow up as one who fulfills the Nazarite vow. When Manoah asked the Lord that the man of God who spoke to his wife return to tell him how to bring up his son, the Lord responds with another visitation in which he announces himself as, I am. In Judges chapter 13, verse 11, the Nazarite vow was one that was taken for a short period in an Israelite's life. The Hebrew word Nazarite means to set apart or to dedicate. Those who took the vow were to dedicate themselves to God and abstain from certain things. They were not to drink of the fruit of the vine, vinegar, or eat any fruit of the vine. He was also not to shave his head or touch a corpse, even if it were a close relative. Samson was called to live the vow until his death. In Judges 13, verse 7, this was the claim of God upon his life. The Lord is faithful to his word, and Manoah's wife delivers a blessed child named Samson, meaning sunny or brightness. The Spirit is said to have stirred in him. In verse 25, while others in the book of Judges were clothed with the Spirit, such as Othniel in chapter 3, verse 10, Gideon in chapter 6, verse 34, and Jephthah in chapter 11, verse 29, Samson has the unique distinction among them of having it said that the Lord blessed him and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. Judges chapter 13, verse 24. The secret of Samson's strength was not his physical ability. There is nothing said of him as having a distinctively strong muscular physique. His strength was in being set apart to the Lord, symbolized by his unshorn hair. Through the Lord, he was able to manifest supernatural strength. This was in evidence when he killed a lion barehanded. In Judges chapter 14, verses 5 and 6, he slew 30 Philistines as part of a bargain to the Philistines who cheated him of the answer to his riddle and asked for 30 coats. In verse 19 of chapter 14, he caught 30 foxes or jackals and somehow tied torches to their tails. In chapter 15, verses 3 to 5, he broke free from bonds, be they made of bowstring, old rope, fresh rope, and loom fabric, even when it is attached to the loom. In chapter 15, verse 4, chapter 16, verse 9, and verse 12 and 14, he slew a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. In chapter 15, verse 15, he uprooted and carried the city gates at Gaza away from the city up to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. In chapter 16, verse 3, he destroyed the pillars and the magnificent Philistine building that housed 3,000 people in Judges chapter 16, verse 30. But Samson is no superhero, nor is he a model believer. Samson breaks the Nazarite vow in handling the dead carcass of the lion and obtaining honey. He violates the law of Moses in marrying a Philistine woman and committing fornication, breaking the law of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3. Samson's story reminds us that God is faithful to accomplish his purposes despite how little cooperation he may find among his people. He's preparing a people to redeem and enjoy for eternity, and he can use whomever he chooses towards that end. At Timnah, a beautiful Philistine woman catches Samson's eye. Instead of heeding the word of God, or responding to the spirit stirring within him, or obeying the counsel of his parents, Samson is driven by his lust and demands to marry her. When he returns to Timnah to make a marriage proposal to the Philistine, he is attacked by a lion, and the Holy Spirit empowers him to kill the lion with his bare hands, ripping the lion's jaws apart. 
On a subsequent trip, when Samson returns to Timnah for the wedding, he observes that bees have made honey in the carcass. This inspires Samson to invent a riddle to share with the thirty Philistine men appointed to be his companions during the seven-day wedding feast. He promises each of them a fine new linen robe and festive clothing if they successfully solve the riddle. Samson's wife nags him to tell her the answer to the riddle. And what will be revealed as a prevailing pattern of weakness and indiscretion in his life, Samson gives in to his wife's persistence and tells her the answer. She then shares it with her Philistine compatriots. As a result, Samson must gain thirty linen robes and festive outfits. He kills thirty men in the process. He is furious with his wife and returns home to find that she has been given to the one who had been his best man during the wedding. Chapter 14, verse 20. We'll pick up the rest of the story of Samson tomorrow. Now we go to our reading from the New Testament, the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 51. Behold the Lamb of God. Remember yesterday we were reading about John the Baptist, and it is with John the Baptist that we start in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day he, that is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and bore witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? 
you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And this concludes today's New Testament reading from the Gospel according to John. The figure of John the Baptist stands at the hinge of the Old and New Testaments. He is the last in the long line of prophets pointing Israel toward the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The law came by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law brings the knowledge of sin. Jesus, through his atoning sacrifice on the cross, brings forgiveness of sins. The law says achieve. Christ says believe. John's testimony confirming that Jesus is the chosen one of God is solidified when John sees the Holy Spirit descending in the bodily shape of a dove and resting on Jesus when he comes to be baptized by him at the River Jordan. Jesus is the greatest teacher, the greatest interpreter of the law. He is the great rabbi in John chapter 1, verse 38. The Jews would call the Torah the bread of life. Jesus takes that title to himself. He says, I am the bread of life. He is the living bread. He is the living Torah. John confirms this and directs his own disciples to follow Jesus. When they meet Jesus, they ask, Where are you staying? Jesus replies, Come and see. One of the disciples of John the Baptist, named Andrew, goes to get his brother Simon. Jesus prophetically speaks into Simon's life and names him Peter, meaning a rock, or the Aramaic form of the name, which is Cephas. Jesus then calls Philip to follow him. Philip must have known that his friend Nathanael would be interested in meeting Jesus. He tells Nathanael that he has found the one Moses wrote about. Despite his objections that nothing good can come out of Nazareth, Nathanael sets out to meet Jesus, who tells Nathanael that he knows him inside and out and knew him even before Philip called him. Jesus announces that he is the greater Jacob, and what was foreshadowed in Jacob's ladder of an open heaven in the book of Genesis would be fulfilled in him. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now let's go to today's reading in the book of Psalms, Psalm 102. Do not hide your face from me, a prayer of one afflicted, when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me, answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. 
For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. O my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. This is the end of our reading from the book of Psalms. The first eleven verses of Psalm 102 in this heart cry to God actually describe the human condition. It is believed that the anonymous author is writing this after the destruction of Jerusalem, which had been prophesied by Jeremiah. The psalmist is feeling forlorn and forsaken. He compares himself to the unclean birds in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 17 through 18, a pelican in the wilderness, or an owl in the desert. He feels isolated like a lonely bird on a rooftop. Ashes and tears are the diet of the man who has no hope to feed on. He is feeling the effects of God's anger towards sin. Because of your indignation and your wrath, for you have lifted me up and cast me away. Psalm 102, verse 10. But you, O Lord, abide forever. Verses 12 to 22 contrast the condition of mankind in his fallen state with the nature of God and his merciful compassion towards the people and city he has chosen. The arrival of Jesus Christ is anticipated. For the Lord builds up Zion, he appears in his glory. Psalm 102, verse 16. The good news of the Messiah fills the heart with hope of full restoration. Just as God promised the restoration of Jerusalem, so he promises the restoration of the repentant soul. The old creation is destined to decay. It will wear out like an old garment, in verse 26. But the Lord has a new garment in view, a new creation in Christ. Now let's go to today's proverb, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. The New American Standard Bible translation reads this way, The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. This proverb calls for our growth in spiritual discernment. A person who is wise needs to have a healthy skepticism towards the plans conceived by natural minds and carefully consider everything in the light of God's Word. Now let's pray together. Father, you know us inside and out. You knew us and saw us before we met you. You delight to make yourself known to us through your Son. 
Thank you that in him we have an open heaven and access to your throne. We desire to do your will in such a way that it is pleasing to you. You have saved us from the wrathful judgment we deserved and shielded us with favor. We revel in your compassionate acceptance of us in Christ, and we commit our lives afresh to you this day. In his holy name, amen. Well, we certainly have read about the working of the Lord today. His name is wonderful, and he is a mighty God, a great deliverer, a marvelous Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We're so grateful that we can have this time of Bible reading together. I trust that you are being encouraged and that you are eager to continue on this journey. We'll be going further into the book of Judges and into the Gospel of John tomorrow. We'll be echoing the heart cries of the book of Psalms and treasuring the nuggets of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. If you would like to receive a written transcript of our commentary with illustrations, you can subscribe to our One Year Bible Meditation at our website at newlife.org. That's one word, newlife, N-E-W-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. And if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at podcast at newlife.org. God bless you. Enjoy this first day of May, and we look forward to our time together tomorrow. Shalom. Shalom.